What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I'm Patrick Darty. Join, as always, my Mr. Denny Carter. There's a lot to talk about. Monday Night Football, Zach Wilson derailing the hopes of everyone. Football fans, fantasy managers, football owners, non-sports fans. Uh, it was a tough night for the Jets offense. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, CJ Stroud looking like a superstar. Kyler Murray finally returning for Week 10. David Montgomery returning for Week 10 and complicating the Lions' backfield. Uh, what I have deemed the – I stole this from Dan Wolken, who writes for USA Today about college football, but the Bijan Robinson Misery Index, we'll get to that. We'll get to Keaton Mitchell, a lot of ground to cover today, Denny. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. Before the game, uh, people have been pointing out the only time Aaron Rodgers seems to rehab happens to be in front of national television cameras before <laughs> Jets games. Like, now let's go out there and get a couple 75, 80 throws in. Yeah, maybe just you know, I'm just real nonchalant. This is just how I live my life. Wait, you That's, think it's weird? He wants to show you. He wants to show you how he how far he can throw it over those mountains. Clear over. He, does, he wants to throw it over the mountains. He wants to maybe do something crazy, Denny. What was he filmed telling <laughs> an, a certain opposing player after the game on Monday evening? Yes, on uh, on the verge of his 40th birthday, he went onto the field. Uh, to talk to Derwin James, the safety for the Chargers. And James said, when are you going to be back? And Aaron Rodgers said, quote, give me a few weeks. That is that is a quote, okay? This is, uh, I'm not lip reading. You can actually hear it on the audio. Give me a few weeks. Now, here's the thing about an Achilles injury is that a, a real Achilles injury, like a real, an actual tear is a 10 to 12 month recovery period, Okay. We are eight weeks, eight weeks from his Achilles injury on in week one against the Bills, right? So there's something there's something off there. It's either he has found some sort of solution that no one else has ever found who has had an Achilles injury, or maybe it wasn't torn. He got the what is it, the mRNA? He got that the mRNA Achilles replacement. Actually, he's too ashamed to admit that publicly, of course. <laughs> right, but um, but I, I mean, it could be that. But I, I I really I'm leaning toward if he really is back in in three or four weeks. Uh, I, I I'm leaning toward he he didn't actually rupture. The well, say so yeah, two things are happening here. Either it was a partial tear of the Achilles tendon, which is apparently 
not as bad, even though partially tearing your Achilles tendon still sounds awful. Or this is just like crazed nihilism or not even nihilism. Do you remember at the end of the movie, like true grit or I've only seen, I haven't seen the original. The original is probably better. I'm sure I saw the Coen brothers remake where Jeff Bridges at the end, he like rides so hard through the night. I can't remember what he's trying to do. He's like safe now or something. <laughs> and he like rides so hard. I think that he dies. Um, <laughs> and like this uses up like all of his energy. And it's either Aaron Rodgers didn't have a fully ruptured Achilles tendon or he's just riding his horsey all, all night. Doesn't really care what happens after the season to his body. And it's just proving points to himself, to Pat McAfee, to, the to Brian Gutekunst. Um, to yes. Danny Carter, to yes. the haters writ large. The hater. He's sure what's going on. Let me tell you something, Aaron. It's working, man. I'm I'm all I'm shaking. I'm shake every time I see you throwing that ball over the mountains before the game. I I'm shaking. So it, it's working. No, no kidding aside here. Say we got seventy to seventy five percent Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he'd be twice as good as Zach Wilson, right? Oh my gosh! Twice like Garrett Garrett Wilson could be a league winner. Uh, fantasy league winner. <laughs> he could he could be like the wide receiver one overall. If if Aaron Rodgers is able to play like three or four games this year, I, I'm talking about in, during that stretch. Okay, like he he's going to go b- ballistic mostly because mo- I mean he's really good. Garrett Wilson's really good. I really like him long term, short term, whatever. But mostly he has nothing around him. No. Nothing. No. I mean, Alan Lazard played one of the worst games you'll ever see a, a, a professional receiver play. Last night, and he's their clear-cut number two. And CJ Ozama got the final end zone target of his entire life and dropped it. <laughs> not, not, you could see on the look on CJ Ozama's face, he knew he was never getting targeted in the end zone. That's it. Like his career is almost over. The Jets get like one end zone target every other week. He happened to get this one and he horribly oh, dropped man. it. And you could see the look on his face, like, well, I'm never scoring another professional football. <laughs> that touchdown. was my chance. And that it was, was my, my one chance. chance. My window is closing. Garrett Wilson, by the way. I mean, he's good enough for even with Zach Wilson. Every game, he's catching like seven mm-hmm. passes for 89 yards. He's incredible. We'll get to the Jets' offense in a minute. Let's do the Chargers' offense. Okay. Justin Herbert has not had a 300-yard game since Mike Williams got injured. Josh Palmer is hurt. Gerald Everett is maybe playing hurt, or maybe he's just Gerald Everett. Uh, Keenan Allen hasn't been compiling nearly as much since Mike Williams got hurt. Quentin Johnston is the first round pick. Is this doing nothing? Are we worried about Justin Herbert, the Chargers offense? I mean, I guess he's going to stay in the top 12 no matter what. But he's, he's kind of low-key Trevor Lawrencing, but we are not getting the preseason stats we are expecting out of Justin Herbert. No, no. And, you know, uh, in a few drafts of mine, important drafts, I went with Justin Herbert because he just kept falling. Like, he just kept falling into, like, the sixth, seventh round. And I was like, okay, I'd be a fool. I'd be a fool for not taking this guy. You'd be real. Uh, it does turn out. Uh, I, I I will report after looking strongly into it. Uh, the entire Chargers offense depended on the health of Mike Williams. <laughs> and uh, you know, once he's gone, it's wow. joke. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, okay. With 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 Mike Williams in the lineup this season, Justin Herbert has averaged eight point three air yards per attempt. Okay. That's dropped to 7.5 without him. That's not a huge difference, but it is. there is a difference. His downfield passing rate has dropped from 15% to 12% without Mike Williams. So we, we are seeing – I mean, it's, it's, it's not dramatic, okay? It's not nearly as dramatic as I thought. In fact, I looked, looked into these numbers before the show, and I thought, 
I'm going to find something here. And I didn't you find thought you were going to have the goods. Didn't, didn't find a ton. I will say they're the chargers are a little more uh, not run heavy, but balanced, balanced on offense than they were early, early in the season. And so you combine the lack of downfield throwing with that balance. And you get a guy who has a somewhat decent floor, but virtually no ceiling. Yeah, it, just no ceiling. And the balance might have a little something to do, not a little, with Austin Eckler finally being healthy right. too. Uh, but yeah, it's – and by the way, we forgot, the best player in Chargers franchise history is off injured reserve now. Yeah. A uh, little guy by the name of Jalen Guyton. That's right. He likes to – I'm actually hoping he does make a difference. I have so I, much Justin Herbert. Right. <laughs> hoping he makes Me too. And, and, and yeah, so uh, the rest of the receivers. Okay, so uh, last night Josh Palmer was out. I do think Josh Palmer's fine for PPR purposes, wide receiver three purposes when he's when he's in there and when he's healthy. Uh, Quentin Johnston, who by many measures is the worst receiver in the NFL, uh, ran a full route share against the Jets. He was targeted, Pat, on 9% of his routes mm-hmm. against the Jets. Um, Jalen Guyton is getting ramped up maybe. He ran almost 70% of the routes against the Jets. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, did, but didn't wow. see any downfield looks. So uh, – that would be cool. You know, I, I think that, that that's our one saving possible saving grace here for Justin Herbert is if Jalen Guyton can get going as a deep threat. Because we're not saying Jalen Guyton's going to have fantasy value either. At least I'm not saying that. I don't think you're saying that. We're saying Jalen Guyton serves a very valuable role as a field stretcher, makes the defense defend the Chargers offense in much different ways. And He's had a lot of injuries since he like first successfully executed that role. Yeah, but if he could like be like the normal Jalen Guyton, I'm not even going to be ranking him ever in fantasy. Right. But the hope would be that he's someone who changes the way defenses have to defend Justin Herbert, and, and that, that's probably coping yeah. and wish casting. Just it is a little bit, but uh, he he at least could give Justin Herbert a chance to get some chunk gains. You know, we don't we don't we're not please, seeing this this offense chunk have chunk gains like. I'm not talking about 80 yard pass. I'm just give us give us like a 25 yard gain once in a while. Please, please. <laughs> just what Pat, Pat's Pat's family starving. I have Justin Herbert in my distance scoring me. <laughs> I wish I were kidding. That that's funny. That's um, funny. Uh, yeah, distance scoring league. The, the Chargers literally can't score outside of four yards. No, no they really, 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 really cannot. It's so bad. Mike Williams was our only hope, and even then the. The play wasn't really that great. Like, well, hopefully Mike Williams wins a bunch of jump balls this year. Yeah, right. And, um, he kind of was before he got injured. He was good. Yeah. It, Herbert, to put my bow on it, like he's not going to fall outside the top 12 just because if you look at quarterback, it's really not even possible for a player as talented as Justin Herbert to fall outside the top 12. But I think fantasy managers have probably already adjusted their expectations and hard to see things like really, truly changing. Um, this is not going to be that explosive of an offense. Uh, the Jets have explosive players, Denny. Yeah. They can't make any big plays, though. I mean, Zach Wilson kind of like fool you for like one half every other week. Uh, there was no fooling last night. Nothing whatsoever to cling to. And fan, maybe listeners don't even need to hear this conversation again. But are there any? What's the hope for Brees Hall? Is so. So I'm, I'll try to focus this a little more. Garrett Wilson <laughs> is at least producing like low end wide receiver two numbers. Uh-huh. Brees Hall is mostly producing RB two numbers every week, but realistically, Brees Hall is the RB what in this offense, um, where it's just so so dire, so so low upside. Right. So you're you're asking uh, the RB what in fantasy? 
Yeah, it's like on, on an average week, you would say Brees Hall is the RB. What feels right to you? It could be higher than I expect. It could maybe be a little lower than I expect. Yeah, um, I mean, I would go with something around like twelve or thirteen. That might almost be still a little on the low end, just to be honest. And I don't really yeah. know where I, I didn't frame. Well, because very well, be, because here's the thing: like it, he's he's pretty game script dependent, and that's you know that's not a shock, especially in a dysfunctional offense. But uh, in the in the Jets' four wins, he's averaging almost 18 touches per game. In the losses, he's averaging 11 touches per game. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> I will say, there's this weird thing going on, Pat, where the Jets over their past three games are five percent over their expected drop back rate. So I feel I've, usually I'm a big fan. Hey, oh, this is good. You're being aggressive. You're throwing it. It seems like a bad idea with Zach Wilson under center. It seems I feel, like, I feel like yeah, that should be closer to zero or maybe even negative. Get get under that expected drop back rate. It's so bad where they honestly should probably involve Dalvin Cook more, even not at the expense of Brees Hall, but at the expense of Zach Wilson. Dalvin Cook shouldn't steal any touches from Brees Hall. Yeah, right. I, 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 I'm saying this knowing that Dalvin Cook is, by the metrics, by the eye test, one of the most washed players in the entire NFL. And I feel like even his touches would be better than whatever it is Zach Wilson is doing. Um, I can't watch, can't watch any more of that. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it, I, the the fact that this team did not look into Josh Dobbs is actually unbelievable. It is. They did though. They already looked into Josh Dobbs when they signed Trevor Simeon. So just play him. Like I, there's no way he's worse. There's just actually no way. No, I actually don't believe that that's possible. Tim but Boyle no. might be worse. Tim Boyle Zach- is also on the <laughs> roster. He might actually be worse. I'll give him that. Zach I don't think Wilson. Trevor is. But Zach Wilson actually showed something for a couple games there. I. What happened there? What happened? Yeah, that was like the classic like fall summer um, in the spring. We're like, wow, yeah, it's finally warm. Yeah. And then it just gets cold again for four more weeks. And I mean, he, he looked he looked confident. You know, his footwork. Hey, uh, look, I don't know anything about Yes, he, I believe he did. Against the Chiefs on, on Sunday night a few weeks back, he looked confident. And I don't know anything about quarterback f- footwork, okay? Like, you can't, I couldn't show you how to do it. All I know is that when I see Zach Wilson's footwork, I know that's not the way it's supposed to be done. No, okay. No. That guy's all over the place. I have no idea. People talk about throwing like passing platforms. His platform is messed up. Yeah, like from the go, from get go. Like, I don't understand what's going on with that guy's feet. He looked comfortable on Sunday. That was just NBC's industry leading high definition cameras making him look comfortable. Whatever it was, hey, thank you. Because you know that that really that showed me, show me what I needed to see. Do you think to end this conversation? Do you think he actually will get benched, or is Robert Sala just too far down the rabbit hole? Like, no, no he, he's he's Zach pilled, you he know. And, and I mean, they, they, so reporters, <laughs> just New York reporters are are a, a different breed. Obviously, you know, a little they more are, quote hard, built different, hard, hard scrabble. Uh, they, I think they would actually melt uh, Arthur Smith if he actually, if, if they, if one of them got a job in Atlanta, uh, but, uh, you know, so that every, every, after every Jets game, they ask Robert Sala to apologize for starting Zach Wilson. And they're, they just, really do. they're like, do it, say it, say you made a mistake, do it, really say do. it right now. And he's like, no, he's fine. Actually. I love him. Actually. He's playing great. He could. And, th- but after this one, he goes, I'm, I will not say that this was the worst game of Zach Wilson's career. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, uh, 
what what's going on? I believe that's called damning with faint praise. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The New York media, like, so they'll start off something too. They'll, they'll act like so nonchalant or yeah. casual. They're like, Co- coach, the family speaking to you. Be like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's like, he's like, yeah. Can your family? Can they look at you in the eye? Because you're still friends with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Because like, like, so first, I don't think that's a respectful way to frame the question. But <laughs> yes, there's looking at me. We, they believe in Zach. I believe in Zach. This whole locker room believes yeah. in Zach. I don't know what you're talking about. I I, I do I do think that new, the Giants and Jets really need to evaluate their coaches and quarterbacks more carefully uh, to determine who can handle the scrutiny because it's a different kind of scrutiny. It is. The Dimesman couldn't do it. No, exactly. he never had a chance. No, Come on. Eli was so like <laughs> slacker God, like came of age in the late nineties, early two thousands that Eli, I just couldn't get to him. He just didn't care. And no. I guess he was, he was already really, probably really rich by that point too. He was like, guys, I'm already rich. You know, who my brother is, you know, who my dad is, like, <laughs> my who, dad, yeah. you're not going to really rattle me here. And uh, it worked for him. They should they need, I think Daniel Jones might've been a rich kid. They need to get some rich kids in there. And they need to get some like slacker gods in there, and they can handle the pressure. I think I well, no, the rich kids aren't working because Zach Wilson's not working, and yeah, Daniel Jones didn't work. Yeah, true. Wow. I think I think the slack they need slacker gods. Yeah, they need a slacker god. They do need a new who's that guy? Kyle Mooney. They need that old SNL guy and, and NBC Synergy. Kyle Mooney should be the next quarterback. Oh the man, Jets. yeah. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back after this. All eyes will be on East Rutherford Sunday night. You don't want to miss a matchup between stars Sauce Gardner and Devonta Adams as the Raiders travel east to face the New York Jets. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. I should have realized that uh, the Jets were on Sunday Night Football before we talked about them like that. Uh, they're really good. They're really the good. The good news is it will be a very close game. Uh, the, neither one of these teams are blowing each other out. Uh, you no, know, probably not. But the Raiders have that dog. And I, I'm actually interested in watching the newly dog-infused Raiders. 
I am. We're going to talk about the dog-infused Raiders and just say, I think, by the way, I think the Jets are probably still more likely to blow out the Raiders than vice versa. Wow. Really? The Jets defense, look what they did to Justin Herbert. The Jets look, defense is really good. Yes, that's true. It's kind of scary what they might do to Aiden O'Connell in his third career start. We'll get to Aiden O'Connell in a minute. We'll stick with C. We're well, not stick. We'll switch to CJ Stroud, Denny. One of the best starts in NFL history. Uh, the most passing yards ever by a rookie, 470. He became only the third player in league history with 470 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. And that's in any season, rookie or otherwise, just totally diced the pass funnel, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who yep. now look like even more of a pass funnel. The whole data is going to be screwed up the rest of the year because of what happened on Sunday. <laughs> uh, CJ Stroud started the year hot, then was in a fairly extended slump. They were pretty much turtled on offense, like way too much running, way too many touches to ineffective non-explosive running backs. They at least adjusted the game plan against the Bucks. We don't really know if they'll stick with that. I mean, it was such a good performance. I think even like the Texans are like, okay, wow, we probably need to adjust our priors here on how we call and coordinate this offense. Yeah. But what are realistic expectations for a player? It's a little extreme to say he's been up and down, but he's been really up at some points of the season. And then like very, a little rookie-ish the rest of the year. What, what are realistic is he a top 12 quarterback rest of the season? Let's start there, C.J. Stroud. I mean, it, it really does depend on how the Texans and Bobby Sloak, the offensive coordinator, how they play it from here. Um, if they continue being ag- aggressive and pass first, I feel pretty confident in saying that Stroud is a top 12 fantasy quarterback for the rest of the season. If they go back to their turtle shelling ways from the past month before this blow-up game against Tampa – then no, then no, you're talking about maybe top 20, okay? Like o- overall, uh, just to give you an idea of of what of the difference in, in approach in week nine for the Texans, they were they were 9% over their expected drop back rate against, against the Bucs. Um, that comes off of games of negative 12%, negative 9%, negative 4%. Okay, so they, they were they went super run heavy for a while there. That and negative 12% was against the Panthers, by the way, who, who stink. Th- that was a game that the Texans were desperately trying not to lose. Um, the, the Texans probably, you know, I mean, you, you look at the Texans versus Panthers. It, overall, the Texans probably should have won that game by three touchdowns if they if they had done what they should have done and let Stroud cook, right? And um, they didn't, and then I had to hear about it from Panthers fans, so I appreciate Bobby Slug throwing me under the bus there. So I think they were afraid to show up, Bryce Young. Like, CJ, listen, everyone knows you're three times as good as Bryce Young <laughs> and should have been the number one overall pick in the, the Young Hive. They're in shambles, so on and so forth. Just don't embarrass the kid, all right? Um, well, then he, he went out and accidentally lost. Yeah. Anyway, he was he was terrible, yeah. you know? Honestly. He was real but, bad. But, okay, yeah, and you're right. And So I actually do think that <laughs> – the, the the bad play of the Texans running backs of Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce and Pierce has been abominable. Joker. Like really bad. Like one of the worst in the league is as, as far as efficiency goes. Uh, uh, because of their play, I actually think that the Texans are likely to step on the gas a little bit and get Stroud going week after week. This week against the Bengals, they're playing basically the, the best run defense in the league, or it, it, it depends on how you measure it, but top three at worst, right? They're not going to run it, okay? So we have 40 dropbacks for C.J. Stroud coming up. Whether he can slice and dice the Bengals like he did the Bucks, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I do think that we could see pass-heavy stuff coming up. 
it's a really, really good Bengals defense. But even if they wanted to establish, like you said, really good run defense, they're touchdown underdogs. They're on the road. The game total is nearing 50. Mm-hmm. Everything about this environment says they're going to have to throw, even if they didn't want to. And I know football coaches aren't fantasy managers, and football, they're like so obsessed with game-by-game like game, game plans. Like, I oh, listen, yeah. instead of doing all the stuff that worked last week and playing everyone's strengths, we're going to do something <laughs> a lot different this week. You might not you might you might question it. I'll just be honest, even the men in this room, you might question it. And they're all like, Yeah, we probably should just not do that. We should just throw a lot. Right. Um, and they're gonna have to just do that though this week. They're going to have to throw a quote metric ton against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think I think you're right. I think that's the clean family version. Yes. Uh I, I I do yes, right. I, I do think it is funny when coaches are like, you know, we we can't we can't score 40 points every week. Okay. Yeah, like, no, I know. We have to try not to score 40 points every week. Um, also, can we talk about the fact that the Texans, because of Kaimi Fairbairn's injury uh, in, in that game against the Bucks, the Texans had to be our analytics kings. They had yeah. to. They had no sure. choice. They had to go for fourth down multiple times in the red zone. And, hey, it turned. they turned into touchdowns. They scored. They had a literally historic performance. They turned it, it, Amazing what happens. Also, I, I, you know, I turned on the the, the sports media today and uh, didn't uh, didn't hear. I didn't hear anything about about that situation about the Texans becoming super aggressive analytics freaks and scoring a hundred points. Didn't hear it. I don't know why. Yeah, what a surprise. Yeah, we even even analytics people obsessively focus on when the analytics don't work. Right, and then when they do work, it's so obvious that it was like a good decision that no one talks about it. We finally we got one. It it worked one time. We did get one. The analytics worked once. Just real quick to beat a dead horse. Talking about like the we can't score forty every week. Like we still Bill Belichick changed game plans one time as Giants defensive coordinator in the eighties. Like game, and then since it's been the nonstop veneration of the game plan since then. Like it's got to be totally different every week. It doesn't, be, it doesn't matter what. It is. Like someone's like, we we have Patrick Mahomes coach. I don't think it really needs to be that. Different. It doesn't matter. It's got to be different every week, no matter I, what. I feel almost bad saying this, but what you're saying and what I'm what I'm saying is that these coaches don't have to like not shower for four days. No. And like, you don't eat and you drink 14 pots of coffee a day and you don't, that's unnecessary. You could do what we're saying and just go home to your families and have a nice dinner and get to bed by 10 30 PM. Okay. After watching friends or something. Right. So, you know, that it can be that easy. Oh, CJ Stroud can do this. We're going to do that again. Let's just keep doing that. About the, the avatar of the veneration of the game plan era, of course, is Arthur Smith. And let's just get to Arthur Smith right now then. Where one of his game plans, Denny, is to get uh, the number eight overall pick uh, off the ball, off the- and like, like he's like Steph Curry, like running around, like, listen, we're not going to get Steph shots this game. We want the defense to be crashing in on Steph and get everyone else the ball. Sure, I know that uh, Bruce Bowen is one of the other players. I'm trying to think of like defensive specialists. <laughs> no one <laughs> I'm trying to get Dylan Brooks the ball. I don't is he even a defensive specialist. Who's the psycho guy? Yeah, well he's punching everyone. I think he Dylan is, Brooks, right? Yeah. But he's a really bad defensive specialist. Yeah, he is. And he's not good. He's not like 90s brick wall defensive specialist. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, Bijan, the game plan. And so so Arthur Smith loves Arthur Smith loves individual game plans. But then somehow every week each individual game plan involves not getting Bijan the ball. 
So he has like week to week game plan. They always come out here. Can't give him the ball. Too valuable off the ball. <laughs> and just uh, break down Arthur Smith's comments. Break down my misery. The misery of everyone in fantasy nation. Yeah, the, the misery index is about to snap off. Okay, like like it's it's uh, the the little the, what do you call this thing? What do you call the the the, uh, the, the little what? Uh, uh, the, that that thing that Pendulum? measures that you know that uh, anyway. The metronome. Right. Uh, no. Uh, all right. So here here's here's what Arthur Smith said today. Uh, or actually on on Monday he said. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Robinson played a, a lot of snaps against Minnesota, and sometimes his impact away from the ball can open things up. For any rookie, the seasons are long. You're going to have ebbs and flows. We'll see how the second half of the season goes, but he's been a huge part of our offense, and he'll continue to be. First of all, that's not true. No, <laughs> At least he thought to lie about that. It's not <laughs> that's true. a I good mean, sign, had, at least, that he thought to lie about it, but it's not true. It's not. He has not been part of your offense. And... Um, I actually did before the show. I, I decided to look very closely at whether Bijan has been good, and he oh, actually oh has God. been. No, no, he actually Thank has God. been. Thank God, he has been. I looked. Listen, I looked with a with a critical eye at every possible measurement of his performance, and they're all very good. So. You were born, of course, for the take that guys. Listen, he hasn't even been good. <laughs> he hasn't even been good. I'm sorry. I, you have no idea how much I wanted that take. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I, I know you quite well. I wanted it so bad. I was, I was salivating. <laughs> you were, quiet. Your whole family. Get out. Get, they come into like your wife's leaving for work. The kids are leaving for school out. Dad, you've never just said out before. Listen, out. I, I wanted, you have no clue how much I wanted to defend Arthur Smith on this and say, He's right. He's right. Arthur He's Smith did nothing wrong. Oh my God. I wanted it, but uh Arthur Smith innocent. Okay, sorry. I'm uh, uh completely off track, but he's been good. And Bijan uh, has been good, not Art Smith. Just no, Bijan has been good. I, I do think that there's a chance that all of this pressure will eventually force uh arthur smith to use robinson in high leverage situations like inside the 10 here's the hoping you can see him cracking you actually can see him cracking in real time he's tried to remain brave and defiant the second he showed up without a mustache real real big big trouble in little china or whatever (laughs) the phrase like real real bad sign for art smith and his wall of defiance uh you don't cut that mustache off if you're not starting to feel the heat about Oh man, maybe I need to give him at least one goal line carry. <laughs> like, uh, the second, the that was the first crack in the facade. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. You're, right. you're actually really, right. I I feel like that that's analytics that that actually is true. Whoa, I was not expecting that for him to shave that mustache. I'm gonna up him up two spots in the rankings this week. Bijan. It's bad. Um, it's bad news for B, for uh, Algier. <laughs> it is Algier and uh, shambles. <laughs> <laughs> they shaved the mustache. Uh, really, but I, Algier though five five touches, negative thirteen yards, and they still let him quote get the hot hand in the second half. So I think maybe that was Art's last stand. That you know, so at halftime, he's staring in the mirror. He's like, the mustache is coming back. I don't care what anyone says, it's coming back. 
this is my final shave this morning. I'm going out there. I'm giving Tyler Algier the rock. You know, he doesn't even remember the second half. All he remembers is looking up at the scoreboard and seeing that Josh Dobbs just beat him. And then maybe he's a changed man after that. <laughs> and the, the transformation begins this week. I think uh, we've solved this. And it's all I think changed. we have. <clears throat> I think we have. Maybe the mustache was keeping him from uh, establishing it with, with Bichon. But it was. Uh, Algier, Algier has 10 rushes inside the 10. Uh, Bijan has two this year. And Janu Smith, I can't emphasize this enough. Janu Smith saw a goal line carry last week. He did. He did. Real quick, what, what were the stats that said Bijan's been good? Can you give those to me, please? What were they? If you're in a rush yards, I'm sorry, rush yards after contact per attempt league, uh, he's doing great. Okay, sweetie, he's doing so good. He's <laughs> doing. You don't even understand. You finally you call your family back into the office. <laughs> like, it's like it's guys. I'm sorry about that. I know that was out of character. Yeah. But here are the rush yards over expected per attempt. Per attempt. For <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also, missed tackles forced. You know, you get one point for, per missed tackle forced. He's he's great. Top six, and he's not even seeing the ball that often. So. It's it's good stuff. I mean, if they give him the ball more, he could be really good for fantasy. Just, but I think the whole nation has become the New York media with Arthur Smith. By the yeah. way, we were saying he would wilt. He 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 is wilting under the pressure of the in, the entire uh, country suddenly becoming trying to. I can't think of a, like a famously adversarial. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about the like the press with Nixon at this point, yeah. yes. or like or the press. With the Knicks. I feel like with the New York the- Knicks have always had the most. So you guys suck tonight. Yeah. And- <laughs> we- Pat Riley would be like, we won. <laughs> Any plans to not suck so much, so Pat? We just finished the season 55 and 27. Right. We won by 19 tonight. Is that but, not good? Anyways, we're all Dan Isola. Is that one of them? I can't remember. I think, I think Frank that's- Isola. I can't remember. Anyways, uh, Arthur Smith. Give him the ball. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism. OCMD streaming audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30 second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid back Maryland coast where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out. Where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Kyler Murray, Denny. This is Bijan Robinson has been a saga. You think Bijan's been a saga? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray has been a saga where almost two straight months the Cardinals are like, hey, man, I don't know. He might play. He right. might come back. <laughs> we might activate him. Yeah, it's Frank Solo, by the way. I thought it yeah. was. Uh, he loves to. Uh, you guys were terrible tonight. Uh, do you care to apologize for that? <laughs> and uh, he's he's a very adversarial New York media member. But Kyler Murray, at long last, he's finally playing Clayton Tune. Was thrown to the wolves. He was devoured. The Cardinals had their fewest offensive yards since 1955. 
when, again, I cannot emphasize enough, I, I made this point to Kyle. The last time the Cardinals had this few yards, even Zoomers remember the Arizona Cardinals played in St. Louis. And <laughs> they were the St. Louis Cardinals. When they gained fewer yards than they did on Sunday, it was when they were the Chicago Cardinals in the right. 1950s. And most people do not even know the Chicago Cardinals existed. That's how bad Clayton Toon was. Kyler Murray's finally back. What are realistic expectations? Marquise Brown kept the floor kind of intact all year. Zero ceiling. Trey McBride has become kind of a floor-based tight end. Mm-hmm. We'll see if there's some ceiling there. We'll see if Michael Wilson can come back from injury, maybe become relevant. What is realistic for Kyler Murray coming off this torn ACL? Uh, I, think, I think there's probably a wide range of outcomes because – if he doesn't run the way we're used to him running, then that could that'll be a problem for his fantasy value. And he's but, not going to. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the the likelihood is that you know he's not going to be sprinting around extending plays for fifteen minutes at a time. Uh, and so, what what I think his his main function will be for fantasy purposes is is not necessarily to to flock to the waiver wire and get him and start him. It's it's more to distribute and to have a, like a viable offense that can sustain drives, which yes. we didn't see last week. And honestly, as great look, Josh Dobbs, great story. Love Josh Dobbs. I am number one Josh Dobbs fan on earth because uh, I love the Vikings, wow. as people know on uh, on Twitter. Uh, and <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> yes, uh, please stop, please stop making fun of me. On All the- Denny said was they didn't need to have a seance after Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles I- once. It's, you know, it was a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to wear the t-shirt of Kirk Cousins. I thought it was a little weird. This happens in baseball occasionally with someone like need Tommy John surgery. And then they have like a funeral and the guy's like, I'm going to be back next year. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Like not in a coffin right now. And there there was a similar vibes with Kirk Cousins. I'm I'm right here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm quite literally right here. I'm still going to charity (laughs) events and stuff. I'm on the headset. Right. I'm going to travel with you guys. Like, yeah. is that okay? It's totally, <laughs> that's totally fine. Yeah. But we don't. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think that he, he, Kyler will distribute. I think McBride. Yeah. I, yeah, I know you, you, you got, you got really excited about McBride. You started him. It was bad. Don't worry about it. Keep starting him. Uh, uh, Marquise Brown is going to be in the regression files because man, he, he's eaten up those prairie yards. Okay. Nobody likes prairie yards the way Hollywood Brown does. So I think that that could, you know, come around for, for him. I guess Michael Wilson might, might be a f- fantasy viable guy in deeper leagues. If Kyler is all the way back. And not, well, not to say not to make a point I've made before, but I am going to literally make a point I've made before. I feel like the most underplayed storyline of the entire Cardinal season is going to be how much of the horizontal raid was cliff. and How much of it was Kyler Murray where I feel like we're finally just now, going to really see what kind of quarterback Kyler Murray is. And because he's someone like Daniel Jones is always rates well as a deep thrower. He seems to enjoy throwing deep more than Daniel Jones does. I would say he's definitely better at it than Daniel Jones is, but it just whatever reason would always disappear from their offense. And kind of like with Justin Herbert in LA, we're going to find out how much of this was the offensive coordinator and how much of it is just because this is how the quarterback plays, especially when he's under pressure when the going gets tough, et cetera. That is what I am most fascinated to see from the second half of the Cardinal season is what kind of quarterback is Kyler Murray really? And he was probably still getting an inconclusive answer, I guess, because he's coming back from reconstructive knee surgery. They are a totally doomed team who seem like they really would prefer 
they had the choice to lose out than to make any sort of like late season, like face saving run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm really interested in with the Cardinals is, is Kyler Murray still is to me horizontal Kyler or that now that Cliff Kingsbury is like in back with USC or something. If we're finally going to get the Kyler Murray, we thought we were getting when he was the number one overall pick. Yeah. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, I don't know. Like, if it's going to take like a ramp up period for him to feel confident, like stepping into the throws, like things like of that nature. I don't know, but, um, but it's, it, it is probably great news for McBride and, and Brown. It hard to see how it's anything, but uniformly positive for the Cardinals pass catcher, not uniformly positive for Jameer Gibbs coming off almost a 200 yards from scrimmage effort is the return of David Montgomery for week 10. You know, I think I, remember I debated this with you or Kyle where I don't think it's just as simple as David Montgomery coming back and just immediately reassuming that role. Like there, there's, I think Dan Campbell is a versatile, adaptable enough coach. They're like, it's not like he's going to forget what he saw from Jameer Gibbs last week. And I think that even though he clearly loves David Montgomery, clearly loves that role. I think Dan Campbell maybe could surprise us a little where Jameer Gibbs is not dialed back as much as expected. Or is that quote cope? Is that wishful thinking? What are you expecting from David Montgomery coming back in week 10, Denny? Uh, it's typical that you're coping and crying on about Gibbs, but uh, and I would encourage you to keep coping and keep crying. I, I do. I do think that there, there's a good chance that Gibbs uh, eats into that uh, RB one role a little bit because, because he showed what he can, he can do. I, I just, I refuse. I do think Dan Campbell uh, ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in, in Detroit. I think they're very smart guys. Like they're they're not just gonna like like stick it to the rookie just because the veteran is back. So basically, what we had before um, <clears throat> uh, before the injury, before David Montgomery's injury, uh, was a fifty five twenty five backfield split as far as carries go. And then some went to Craig Reynolds, some went to other guys. Uh, so I, I think that that could inch a little closer. There maybe maybe Gibbs gets thirty five percent of the carries something like that instead of twenty five percent and we have to remember that this Lions uh, team does not want to be definitely doesn't want to be pass heavy doesn't even really want to be balanced uh, the Lions are twenty second in pass rate over expected uh, they've been over their expected dropback rate just two times this whole season oh. so uh, when they can establish it they're going to establish it as hard as anybody in the league including. Honestly, including the teams like the Bears, okay? Like, that that's what we're talking about. So I do think that that kind of volume, 35% of, you know, 40 carries starts to look okay, you know? It, it, and and Gibbs can, you know, get a little bit of the the the, the uh, targets, a little bit of the pass game action out of the backfield. So, you know, I, I, I think that he will be used more than he was early in the season. I will say he's going to lose out likely on all of the goal line stuff. I, I don't see any reason why he – and maybe not even any reason he should get the goal line stuff. He's pretty – I'm sure Jameer Gibbs would be an explosive, strong goal line back because he can get skinny. He can hit the hole so quickly. But I also – I would maybe actually even believe – agree. excuse me, agree with the coaching decision to, like, not expose Jameer Gibbs to those kind of hits. And that really is what David Montgomery is there for. Like, listen, just let me get battered at the goal line. Like, I know touchdowns are cool, but we don't want you to get hurt. Blah 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 blah. But if you said it's 55-25 before, I think well, I think a pretty realistic outcome would be that inching down ever so slightly for David Montgomery, say to 50 
But then Jameer Gibbs is higher carry share, like staying higher, more like 40 than 25, maybe even like 45. And I, I, I don't think there's any way he's going back to the bad old days of what was going on before David Montgomery got injured. And that David Montgomery's role might stay like pretty robust, but I, I don't see how that genie goes back in the bottle. And you said they want to remain run heavy, especially on the road. They clearly just don't trust Jared Goff. Jared Goff was not impressive even in that Raiders beatdown. No. I do think it's going to stay like extremely run heavy, yeah, especially for road games like this week against the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think there there will be games going forward where you know Montgomery scores twenty fantasy points, twenty PPR points, and Gibbs approaches twenty PPR points. Like you will see that. You will see that. No, please, 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 please. <laughs> Who scores more points the rest of the season? Denny, both stay healthy. Who has more PPR points, Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson? Not asking about the Lions' backfield. Oh. Jameer versus <laughs> Bijan Robinson, straight up. Who scores more fantasy points the rest of the season? Uh, Gibbs. <clears throat> Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery then? Montgomery because he gets all the goal line work. Yeah, he will. He will never be unowned. It's fine. I'm not even owned anymore. I kind of like it. <laughs> kind of like you come to become I accustomed have, to it. Yeah, I have come to identify with my captor. It's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we love it. We do love the Stockholm syndrome. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is the waiver wire ad of the week for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Entered Week Nine with one touch all season. Had only nine carries against yeah. the Seahawks. It was a 37 to three beatdown as well, but. He turned those nine carries into 138 yards and a touchdown. That was a 40-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had a 60-yard run. Undrafted rookie were all year is kind of rumored, like, man, they might get Keaton Mitchell involved. They need this lightning element in their backfield. He provided that on Sunday. The game was not over either when he got his work. But it's a really great game. But now it's also they're going into a game against the Browns, super elite defense I believe even with these two really good teams, the total is well under 40. It is 37 and a half, actually. Uh, is Keaton Mitchell like a classic? Maybe we're happy we got him off waivers, but we can't use him this week. What are realistic expectations? So on and so forth, Denny. Yeah, well, I, I do think it's interesting that uh, Mitchell, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards each saw four carries in the first half uh, of that game against Seattle. It's a little bit hard to suss out exactly what was happening with the Ravens backfield because it was such a blowout of the Seahawks. And so early on, like it was, it didn't turn into a blowout in the fourth quarter. It turned into a blowout in the first quarter. It did. Okay. So that that's a little tough. Uh, they basically gave Gus Edwards the day off five carries. Yeah. Of course, of course he scores two touchdowns because he can't help us. Are you touchdowns. triggered? I am super triggered. I was crying and coping the entire time uh, he was scoring. <laughs> Um, uh, but uh, our, our colleague, Zach Kruger actually, and he's the number one Keaton Mitchell fan on the planet. Uh, so he's, a, he's a Keaton hipster. Here's, here's what he said. Here's what Zach said about the usage for Baltimore backfield usage. Um, uh, Keaton Mitchell's last rushing attempt came with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, justice Hill had six rushing attempts after that mark and pretty much finished up the game. I don't know what to draw from that, except for I would have expected the third string running back to get those gar- absolute garbage time touches in the backfield. And that appeared to be Justice Hill. I think it really was the Ravens. Uh, they've needed this element in their backfield. It was kind of a one dimensional backfield. They're having pretty good success with that one dimension, but Gus Edwards can't be your only running back option. And not that he wasn't Justice Hill has been getting the ball, but 
they really just needed this change of pace element in their backfield. And I don't know what, what took them so long to unveil it, but yeah. I think it would make a lot of sense for it to remain a theme going forward. And it, it was just a, a, something that had been missing, not just in their backfield, but from their offense. They needed someone other than Lamar Jackson who could maybe pop a 20 or 30 yard run. Cause it's just not happening with Gus Edwards. It's also just not happening with justice Hill. And maybe the rookie just wasn't ready and that they saw something in practice last week. They decided he was finally ready, but I don't know why this role would go away. Like as suddenly as it appeared. And I think that, yeah, he's going to be involved enough to maybe get in the flex mix, but also just probably not a great flex option for week 10 against an elite defense in a game with a 37 and a half game total. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's going to be completely boom bust. Uh, The Ravens are 1% below their expected drop back rate on the season. They've only had two pass heavy games all year. Uh, so I, I do think that this has a good chance of devolving into a nightmarish three-way committee. Mm. Wow. Hey, wait in some, some positivity there on the, the, the people are here listening to the show just taking some notes for waivers. <laughs> like they, they've liked most of what you said on Keaton Mitchell. And like Denny's like, just one more thing to say, like, <laughs> get the pen ready. Nightmarish three man committee. Oh. Uh, yeah. lowers fab bid immediately. Yeah, you know, look, there, there, there is a, a universe where Keaton Mitchell doesn't do anything from here on out. It actually is true. And Zach Kruger, Kruger in absolute shambles. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but, but there's also a universe where he gets 10 touches a game and goes berserk. Okay, because this guy is electric. This guy is the uh, Gus Edwards has this is according to Zach. Zach's on it, okay? Zach Kruger is on the Keaton Mitchell beat like nobody else right now, okay? Boots on the ground. I, he's actually at Raven Stadium right now, yes. tweeting from the field. They're dragging him off. The security's dragging him off. But he, he tweeted that, uh, that Gus Edwards has one 100-yard game in his life. One. Keaton Mitchell also has one. NFL or life? Uh, and, and is in, in, the, in the NFL. He <laughs> probably did in high school. Hey, I'm, I'm guessing he had several. Why don't you Maybe he probably did in college even too. But yeah. Keaton Mitchell, interesting guy to have around. The Raiders, Aiden O'Connell's an interesting guy to have around because anyone was going to be more interesting to have around than Carl Havoc, Jimmy Garoppolo, who <laughs> just gave up on football in week eight. He, he'd had enough. Like you said, again, he just let the ocean waves take him. He didn't care what island he washed up on. He just needed off this beach. He needed a change of scenery, and he got it. He is on the bench. Aiden O'Connell is under center. We didn't get a representative look at what this offense is going to look like in week nine because Daniel Jones tears his ACL. The Giants get humiliated. They had the kind of like the post-Josh McDaniels emotional bounce too. Right? It was kind of no way they were going to lose that game. Yeah. And they, they just steamrolled the Giants. But we're not going to get a representative look this week either, I feel like, because now they're playing this buzzsaw Jets defense. One that just held Justin Herbert to zero production, and so I, I throwing out that we we might not really get anything instructive for Week Ten. What do you think are going to be like the trends with Aiden O'Connell? Can he support Devonte Adams? Can he support Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers? What is realistic to expect from Aiden O'Connell's Raiders? I do think that we are looking at probably one of the run heaviest offenses in the league, as long as Aiden O'Connell is under center. Um, if you look at neutral game script against the giants, I know it ended up being lopsided, but if you look at neutral game, uh, neutral pass rate, I should say for the Raiders in week nine, 33% pass rate 
in neutral wow. game script. Okay. So that is something. Okay. That is not nothing. Uh, they were 9% under their expected dropback rate against the Giants. This led to 37 running back carries, 26 of which went to Josh Jacobs. I, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs has a pretty, a pretty great chance of just being a pure volume monster from here on out. And folks, folks, it's real bad for Devontae Adams. Real bad. Not really? You know, you really don't think that they can reconcentrate targets in the alpha's hands. Uh, like to someone who actually wants to be playing NFL football might help him. A coach who hates everything is gone. And Josh McDaniels, you, you really don't think there's any way back? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I think. I think if you wow. you have to start Devontae Adams, that you're not going to get these 12, 15, 18 target games from him. You know, you're, you're going to hope that he can get home on on five or six targets. He could become a touchdown monster. I, I guess maybe we could hang our hat on that. Or he could become almost like George Kittle used to be before he uh-huh. became so good at blocking. Oh. Where he just scores like two touchdowns every three weeks. Um, Devontae Adams has done that plenty in his career. But, but will they trust Aiden O'Connell to ever throw in the red zone? Probably not. Uh, yeah, it's real bad. It's not good. Not, it, not good I mean, but if you have Josh Jacobs, you are feeling pretty good. Pretty good. I will say, so they got the, the Jets this week. Then they have the Dolphins and Chiefs who are solid defenses, especially the Chiefs. The games where the Raiders aren't going to really have the benefit of turtle shelling. And the Raiders have their bye in week 13. By week 13, what this fantasy season's almost over by then, uh, we're going to at least have a pretty good idea of what this offense will be for the fantasy playoffs. Um, and yeah, hope you probably you might not make the playoffs, of course, if you invested first or second round draft capital in Devontae Adams. That's right. But uh, that's right. We'll end the show with I had no idea you were the world's biggest Josh Dobbs fan. Oh, I should have led the show with this then. Any change in our thoughts with the Vikings post Kirk Cousins offense now that Josh we basically talked last week is like, listen, Josh Dobbs is gonna get this job. <laughs> and then it took like five throws and he got the job because of an unfortunate concussion, of course, for Jaron Hall. Right. But anything changed, Josh Dobbs, like all backup quarterbacks, the returns have a way of being diminishing. <laughs> that happened in Arizona. He had an amazing start with Minnesota. Yeah. Mr. Hope with a really pass-happy offense, a really pass-happy coach, this elite passing game personnel, even without Justin Jefferson, that maybe with Josh Dobbs as the triggerman, uh, that things might not be as bleak as we first feared when Kirk Cousins was injured. Yeah, look, uh, <clears throat> Josh Dobbs, we talked about this on the Sunday recap show. He had to learn the playbook uh, in during commercial breaks and, uh, and and between drives. You know, I mean, like, he's trying to watch the Ghosts UK commercial. Like, well, no, I got to study the playbook. <laughs> Ghosts UK. That's a, that's a real CBS show. Oh, that's good. Man, that's good. Uh, I did not understand that for a second, but then I remember seeing it and being like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he did that. It, uh, Kevin O'Connell called it one of the most impressive things he's ever seen in football. Josh Jobs, super bright guy has so much dog. I mean, just unbelievable. Never before seen dog levels. Uh, I do think that he has what it takes to keep the Hawkinson scam going. Um, I think he can get, keep Jordan Addison alive. Look, they had their quarterback. The Vikings, here, here's how pass-heavy these guys are going to be, okay? They can't help it. Their quarterback was learning the playbook during the game, and they were 1% over their expected drive. <laughs> I mean, 
What? That's pretty, that's that, I was expecting when I looked at that, I was like, oh, they had to be 10% under, maybe 15%. 1% over. Okay. Uh, there's also, you know, look, Josh Dobbs, he rushed um, he rushed seven times for 66 yards. Yes. Um, and a touchdown. And a touchdown. Uh, he, here are his recent rushing attempts. Okay. Seven against the Falcons. Six against the Ravens. Seven against the Seahawks and seven against the Rams. He also has a game with 13 this wow. year. So that's that's kind of exciting. I I am a little bit bullish on the Josh Dobbs Vikings. Yeah, I think that's a very fair take. And th- at least more bullish than we were if they had actually stuck with Jaron Hall. I didn't believe they were ever going to stick with Jaron Hall. After, even if they hadn't acquired Josh Dobbs, it probably just would have been Nick Mullins then. But we, we have to be wary of that the backups tend to regress yeah, very quickly yeah. as the book gets bigger. And there's a book out there in Josh Dobbs from the season, but totally different circumstances. It might take a little longer for him to cool off as a Viking, but that we have to guard against that. But like you said, Kevin O'Connell doesn't know how to do offense other than his passing, like absolutely crazy. And yeah. One, one of their top two running backs is now out for the year, of course, with another torn Achilles. So it, it seems like the, the pass rate will remain overexpected, even with Josh. It, that's right. Yes, that's a good way of saying it. I mean, yeah, you're right about Dobbs. The regression will come eventually. He has four games this year uh, with a, a completion rate of under 60%. You know, we, we know what we're getting here. We do know what we're getting. Unfortunately, you know what you're getting. That is no more of the Rotoro football show today. because It's over. We're out of topics. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on Thursday when Kyle, Denny, and I preview the entire Week 10 slate. Talking me a lot on the site all week, big time injuries, big time question marks. We have James Conner coming back. Is Justin Fields coming back? Uh, Khalil Herbert coming back. Pierce Khalil Herbert is coming back. He's practicing in full. Um, so keep it locked at rotoworld.com. Keep it like, hey, Denny's going to be on the fantasy football happy hour, folks. Keep it locked Friday, to that. Yeah. Keep it locked to that before Friday. Denny's going to be there this Friday. He's going to be there this weekend. He's going to be trying to. Uh, I'm trying to talk about analytics, Denny. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. They're actually giving me a sleeping bag. I'm gonna be sleeping in the studio uh, for, for this. Uh, oh, wow! Uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that too. Yeah, your travel budget has been reduced as amidst the legal battle. Um, they've had to fly you out for so many different hearings and stuff like that that they no longer get you hotel rooms. Um, so yeah, so sleeping in the office, that's a nice office though. I would sleep. Hey, I, I feel like an NFL coach guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sleeping in the office. I'm unshowered. Matthew Barry's saying, God, this guy stinks. You know, yeah. I would sleep there. So check that out. Check out Denny later in the week. Check out the regression files. Check out my rankings. Check us out on Thursday for Denny. I'm Pat. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Saving money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Masterforce Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Masterforce tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save